Um, so we have decided, Adam and I here, to start a podcast. I'm Blair Solberger. This is Adam Hamid. We are going to spend this episode just going over how we met, who we are, what we do, um, why we're into what we're into. And why we want to start this podcast. Why we also want to start the podcast. That's important too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, is that what we're doing? Um, so the title of this podcast is A Healthy Debate with Adam and Blair. We came up with that name because... Essentially, that is how we met. Uh, we So there's this app called Clubhouse. Some of y'all yep. might know us from there. New listeners who have found us through other means might not know what Clubhouse is. It is essentially the audio version of Instagram is the way I explain it. You drop into rooms. It's a social concert hall. You know, you can go in and have... Is that how you describe it? Oh, yeah. It's, it's audio Instagram. Oh, I call it a classroom. <laughs> a classroom. That's a good... Yeah, I think that's what they want it to be, but it's... I don't know. It's There's a lot of memes on there, too, so I can't take it seriously like a classroom. I guess people are putting on a clinic on garbage, but... Um, so, essentially, the way Clubhouse works is you say what you like, you find like-minded people, you follow them, you follow clubs, and you will find rooms about whatever topic you want. I mean, there's everything from astrology to health and fitness, which is what Adam and I met through. So when we were first getting our footing on Clubhouse, I started a room that Adam and I did every Friday called A Healthy Debate in Fitness and Nutrition. And then now Adam has turned into probably the largest moderator on Clubhouse for health and fitness through the club he started and does rooms Monday through Friday. Uh, my favorites being Tuesday and Thursday, we do calling out bullshit, which is essentially what a healthy debate was, is, is a bullshit topic room. So we have kind of come full circle and here we are. Well, let's talk about how these rooms actually work because uh, people won't know how clubhouse rooms even work. So when you start a room, um, essentially people like me and Blair will be on the stage and everyone else will be in the audience. So I guess it's like listening to a podcast. Um, the only difference being is the people in the audience, because they're listening in live time, they can raise their hands to come up on stage and actually join in on the conversation. And so what we found is through the long period of time we've done Clubhouse now, that people would come up and debate us on some of the things that we were talking about, and they would claim that their information is correct, and we'd claim that ours is, and we'd debate out over science. But with, I thought personally that calling out bullshit is a bit of a, a bold name to call a podcast. So a healthy debate is a much softer version where, you know, also we can talk about other topics as well. And so I think it's much better. Yeah. And, and I think we liked the name a healthy debate because health is very transient. I've had this conversation with a lot of my clients. So I'm a registered dietitian. I've done everything from, and we'll dive into our background a little bit, but, um, pro sports to now I work with primarily weight loss, diabetics, um, heart disease, things like that. But health is transient in the sense that if you go to someone's gluten-free baking blog, what they define as healthy is anything that doesn't have gluten in it. If you go to a power lifter, what they define as healthy is high protein and strength promoting, you know, so health can be such a number of things from movement to meditation, to nutrition, to you know, training, living longer. Yeah. So who you define health and we get these confusing statements about what is and isn't healthy through extreme extremity, but we want this to be about health for 
any population. So that's, we will have guests on that are bodybuilders, lifestyle coaches, um, fellow dietitians and trainers, you name it, you know, intermittent fasting gurus, doesn't matter. We're going to have people on and we're going to debate with them. So a healthy debate is about health and debating not right or wrong, but the information that's out there. Yeah, I haven't even told people who I am yet. Um, I'm, I'm a personal trainer um, and I have been for over a decade now. But um, what we're going to do is so you guys can get to know more about us is me and Blair are just going to ask each other questions so that you guys can figure out more. Obviously, the first thing you'll notice is that we have different accents. So Blair, where, where are you from? We do. I don't sound just like you. So where I'm from is Florida. Originally in the United States, uh, I grew up in a little town called Tallahassee, which is known, it's the capital technically, but it's really only known for Florida State University, which is the school I went to. Lived my whole life in Florida, except for a year in Philadelphia. And now I live in Washington, D.C., or just outside of it in Northern Virginia. Um, But I am U.S. born and bred, and Adam here is across the pond. So I'll uh, let Adam tell you a bit about where he's from and where he lives and you know, his life. And you know what? I never actually heard the term across the pond until I met you Americans. <laughs> but yeah, I'm from I'm from the UK. Specifically, I'm from a place called Manchester. Most people know Manchester as the place of football, or I guess Americans don't like to. They call it soccer, don't they? You know you Brits invented the term soccer, right? Oh, don't be silly. I've never heard that in my life. Y'all invented the term soccer and then stopped using it because... And we Ameri- don't use because it. Because Americans started using it. And y'all were like, that's dumb. And went back to college football. I, I'm, not, I'm not having that shit. We'll, we'll debate that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, together, me and Blair, with his nutrition background and my background in just helping people i'm very more based in the the psychology of why people think the way they do why people have the habits that they do and blair's very knowledgeable in the science of things and so we have loads of people who are friends of ours in the fitness industry and they're just as knowledgeable as we are if not some are more knowledgeable in different areas and so i think we'll have some amazing podcast episodes where you'll you'll hear topics that you'll be surprised that the answers and what they could be and you know even the conversations in general just spending time with all these people for the past year has just made my education on a whole nother level and the whole context around calling out bullshit what makes a topic is bullshit as bullshit shall i say is that there's not enough context around a topic you know you can say um you know that cheese is bad for you but in what context, you know, if if it's something is bad for you, there has to be context behind it. Because if you're asking someone who has no tolerances to dairy, then guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. But if someone's lactose intolerance, intolerant, not intolerance, that's a completely different story. And so there's got to be context. And a lot of the things that we talk about, usually people speak about them like they know what they're talking about. But what's missing is that there isn't any context around what they're talking about. Yeah, it's it's people selling beliefs or opinions as truth that were not 
cheese may be bad for some people. I personally love cheese. It's my favorite food, so I'm never going to buy into that. I but, love it, too. You know, it's, it's like Adam said, it's context, and it's this idea that there has to be a right and wrong, an angel and a demon, uh, you know, a, a magic pill and a magic bullet. There is always an in-between, so it's more we are debating is this the, you know, ultimate in be-all, end-all, or is it an opinion? You know, is there enough science? Is there enough support to say this statement is true the way that you're spinning it is, is more what we're debating. So we're not attacking – we're never going to attack somebody's character unless we're just razzing someone we're friends with. We're never going to attack someone's belief, but we are going to attack the science that supports it and whether that exists or not. problem is some people are attached to the science emotionally. <laughs> well, they think they are. Oh, yeah, or the lack thereof, <laughs> yeah. And just to, just, just to follow up, in the early 1800s, British universities took football and started playing their own versions of it. One variant of the game you heard of is rugby. The other variant became known as association soccer. So they started shortening it. Rugby became rugger and association football became soccer. So you're basically trying to tell me that we invented the term soccer. British universities in the 1860s did. Apparently, specifically Cambridge, but yeah. Well, fuck Cambridge then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nice. having that. Like, that's that's a well, good. I'll, I'll accept that. It never stuck clearly, and this is one of those trends that didn't work. <laughs> right. Right, Blair. So why did you want to become a registered dietitian? How did that even come about? Oh, great question. So... The planting of the seed for me was in late high school, like 11th grade. I was very depressed, rejected, dejected, any number of things. I was not in a good mental place, uh, was very overweight, couldn't catch a date to save my life. And I went to the doctor and was diagnosed as morbidly obese, did not realize that that was a medical term at the time. I thought he was just kind of a dick and... Still probably true because who tells someone they're morbidly obese, but it really terrified me. I started lifting weights, paying attention to what I ate with a buddy. Um, was actually ultimately studying English to get into advertising as my English literature as my degree. And I was hanging out with a friend between classes talking about uh, the weight that I lost. I lost over 100 pounds. Just kind of telling her my story and I was like, yeah, you know, I just feel so much better and I do this and that. And she's like, your eyes really light up. Like you get really happy when you talk about nutrition. I was like, oh, I love it. It's so interesting. She goes, why don't you study it? And I just kind of had this dumbfounded like, uh, why wasn't that my idea? You know, so it really wasn't actually originally my idea. But three credit hours away from graduating with my degree in English, all I had left to take was German three. Ich ein bisschen Deutsch. It was, I picked up the first class for nutrition and ultimately wound up getting my master's degree in sports nutrition, um, have had a pretty prolific career for my young age of 36. My girlfriend calls me an old man, but, uh, I'm still young, but, uh, yeah, so we can dive into the, the work history in a little bit, but I want to hear why Adam here became interested in fitness and a personal trainer. Cause I know you don't have a background in sports. So where did the original spark to want to train come from that's an interesting question that blair that's a good point i i wasn't very athletic or sports orientated as a child i wasn't picked to be on anyone's team when it came to doing any sports in classes i was the most wobbly 
gangly young child you've ever met, you'd go, I don't want that kid on my team. And I'll accept that I wasn't very athletic, um, wasn't very strong, wasn't very coordinated. I was just, I was a Bambi in my own right. And so I had always loved watching things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Power Rangers. I always wanted to be a Power Ranger, as you heard today. And so... Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle, more importantly? Oh, probably Donatello. Wow, nerd. Michelangelo for the win. (laughs) Fair. Yeah, so this guy knocked on our door when I was a little kid, and uh, he offered karate lessons, and I begged my mom to let me go. So I did, and uh, many years later, I met my coach's coach, and this guy was the most knowledgeable person I'd ever come across. And I found out by day he was an acupuncturist and by night he was a martial arts instructor. Now that's two conflicting cultures of Chinese medicine and Japanese art. And he found a way to combine them and he became smarter than most of the uh, fellow martial arts people that I'd ever met in my life and so it made me think how do I turn this sport that I absolutely love into a career where I can combine another element to it and so I became a personal trainer later to find out that everyone thought the way I did and they all did it too (laughs) so you started the trend is what I'm hearing (laughs) probably not (laughs) um I it's interesting to hear the perspective of like more detail as far as a Chinese medicine and a Japanese art because most people particularly in America would just think of it as west or eastern versus as opposed to like a western ideology so like China Japan they're so far removed from our culture that it would just be like oh I'm not speaking for everyone obviously but like people would immediately think like one is Chinese one is Japanese they're so antithesis of each other more so they would just be like, oh, those are two Eastern philosophies or Eastern practices. Um, so I like hearing that like yeah. duality that you you saw in it and what he was able to accomplish with that. That's really interesting. Yeah, it was quite interesting. And um, I never really thought about that. I don't know if you ever remember that room that I did on Clubhouse uh, quite early on, but it was Eastern versus Western medicine. Maybe we can do a podcast episode on it, but it was very interesting. And we had some doctors who were more uh, holistic and some who were more um, Western style. And I think there's a place for both and it requires a more collaborative approach the same way my old instructor was found a way to put the Chinese and Japanese together because they wouldn't. Um, but that part of that, that martial art that we did came from a place called Okinawa. And um, Okinawa used to be a part of the Chinese land which Japan Japan won in the war. So it had a very Chinese element to the culture, even though it was a Japanese-owned land in the future. And so that style of martial art that I did had a very balanced approach of the two, even though it would be classed as a Japanese art. And so it was interesting. I learned quite a lot through that. And it made me want to help people. And um, that's where my career started as a personal trainer. And... Uh, I just went on to learn a lot in the past 10, 11 years. Have you seen Cobra Kai? I love it. <laughs> it's a great show. I, I, it's so outstanding. But yeah, like in Miyagi-Do based in Okinawa. What's that, sorry? The, the Miyagi-Do, the karate that, um, you know, what's his name? Uh, 
Russo, LaRusso did. Yeah, he was, Daniel yeah, that was LaRusso. Like based, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love Johnny Law in the new show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's so well, good. Here's a little uh, ins- um, a little claim to fame. So I actually went to Barcelona and I trained with Mr. Miyagi stunt double. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. He's That's like, hilarious. Yeah, spent his 80th birthday with him. I mean, he's getting on now. Uh, he's on dia- dialysis and all sorts, but this guy's knowledge is absolutely insane. It was cool to spend like uh, a weekend with him and do a seminar with him and stuff. It's quite interesting. Yeah. That's sweet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess let's talk uh, a little bit of work history. We can go real quick with it, but what, um, you know, I know you, you currently own your own business, but what's been the, the, the trail to, to where you're at now as far as work? So I've been through so many industries because the personal training industry is not an easy one if you're not a very good people person. And so luckily I'm quite, I'm quite, I find people quite interesting and fascinating. So I always ask very obscure questions, which hopefully you'll find in this podcast I like to ask things that most people wouldn't think of because my brain doesn't quite work the same way everyone else's does, or I, I like to think it doesn't. And so the whole time I had my personal training career, as I was building out, I was ne- never able to live off the wage of just personal training alone. So I always had to have a career on the side. And so I've gone from selling perfume to bartending to making cocktails and uh what else have i done i used to work on a farm um what else have i done i've I've done i've done everything you could possibly think of like from one end of the spectrum to the complete other um (laughs) i've been cherry picking i have been uh i worked on a cotton farm uh I, i could keep going there's there's a massive list um, but now I've built a substantial business enough where, you know, I actually have a lot of clients internationally around the world from Mexico all the way up to New Zealand and America and the UK. And so I'm I'm pretty happy with where my business has gone. COVID was pretty tough. And that's actually when I started working for myself. But, you know, Clubhouse was, I guess, a blessing in disguise where, you know, I put a lot of time into my business and it grew substantially and you know i met some amazing people and look at where we are now but yeah what about you how's your work history been um not quite as various as yours so i um growing up like while i was in school and that kind of stuff i predominantly worked in restaurants actually owned a couple restaurants you owned a restaurant yeah with my sister um stop it oh my god (laughs) I, uh, I have a very culinary background. I've I've have like 18 years of restaurant experience. Started as a busboy, you know, did the whole serving bartending at several different places. Managed a wine bar, catering, you name it. I've literally done every job in the restaurant to the point where. So we, my sister and I, the restaurant we worked at for, I mean, each about nine years, we wound up buying from the owner and like turning around. It was kind of on its way down, and we made a lot of positive changes. And then ultimately we decided to close it because the compound area that it was in was bought by a developer in Texas and they were just trying to run everybody out so they could bulldoze it and build like a hotel. So we, you know, we owned it for a couple years and it was, it was really fun getting to be like very creative with menus and that kind of stuff. I've used that 
knowledge and restaurant experience extensively in my own meal prep and being a dietitian, that kind of stuff. But so were you already were you already qualified as a registered dietitian at the time? Uh, I was not technically. I had my degree in nutrition, but I had not passed the RD exam. So to become a registered dietitian, you have to go to a four-year accredited university and take the proper schooling. Then there's an internship process, and then you have to take a national test to be certified as a registered dietitian. I opted to the acceptance into the internship program as a bachelor's degree is about a 40 to 50 percent chance i opted to do my internship as a part of my master's program which was a hundred percent chance my school was really good about the internship process so i uh, did my master's in sports nutrition and exercise physiology it was very research-based so we did research on uh, nighttime protein feeding inflammatory markers in um, ultra marathoners and ultraman runners. We did all kinds of research on um, caffeine and teocrine to see which one is better exercise stimulant, all kinds of stuff is very interesting. Um, and then my internship led me to a place called Exos, which is a uh, sports facility in the US that is primarily known for getting NCAA football players into the combine. Uh, they have produced 30-something, 30 33% of the total combine athletes since about 2015. They have... Do you want to tell us what the combine is so for the, us UK yeah, people? The combine is the like <laughs> multi-day test and inspection of potential NFL draft picks. So that's where they go okay. and do bench press, sprint performance, you know, passing drills, receiving drills, etc. So... It's kind of like the coaching and training staff of NFL teams go and inspect these players to see what their numbers are, their intangibles, things like that. Um, okay, cool. I think Exos has more first-round draft picks than any other training facility. It was really intense. So the one I went to was unique. It was in Pensacola, Florida. So it, it had, you know, January through March we did combine training with all these athletes, and then we had this huge influx of – injured military personnel that were it was called like the return to action program to get them back uh so all special operations military so marsoc um special forces jsoc things like that so um ultimately that led to the dietitian i worked with there was good friends with the strength and conditioning coach head strength and conditioning coach at the miami dolphins and it, I couldn't explain it to you any differently than this. He, the energy he had when he told me that my name was in the hat to become the new dietitian at the Dolphins was so low key. I mean, that's Bob, this guy, he doesn't have Instagram and no social media, d barely even res responds to emails, like just no engagement. And he, he loved me cause I was a workhorse. I was there for like 12 plus hours a day and, and just, dove full head into it like there's a lot of shit work to be done i had to play with piss twice a week to test people's hydration like uh it, w it was a good time but it was also fucking brutal and uh he i come in the office and he goes hey so uh that was my buddy dave he works at uh, the dolphins and they're looking for a new dietitian so like he wants you to he wants you to email him like your CV and your resume and stuff. And, you know, so um, I'll give you his email. 
and I was, that was the energy of like, hey, I just put your name in the hat for it. Like I could, it was almost inaudible. And I was like, I was, I tried to play. I was like, oh, cool, man. Yeah. Like I, I was freaking <laughs> out. And uh, as dumb as this is, his name's Dave Poloka. I'll never forget it or how to spell it. P-U-L-O-K-A. Because I spelled it wrong the first time I emailed him. I, I said Poloka. And Bob told me, he's like, Dave almost didn't email you back. Uh, because you spelled Ooh. his name wrong. <laughs> wow. So, uh, <laughs> you must but have ultimately, been pretty damn good for him to like yeah, email you back I, and you messed up. <laughs> overcame that. Um, or Bob's recommendation just went that far for me. But uh, yeah, email me back. I had like a ton of interviews. I mean, so the first one was like four dudes on a Zoom conference blasting me with questions. It was not just like, who are you? Blah, blah. I was like, this, that. Yeah, you know, just shooting shit at me. And then um, they, he would call me every two days or so. They started sending me work to do. They actually paid me while I was still at Exos. Um, and I moved down to Miami. I actually got a job with Exos in Miami while I was working with the Dolphins because they had a facility down there. So I did both. Um, new coach came in. So I worked under Adam Gase. It was, nutrition was not taken very seriously under him. He is now, I think he got fired as the coach of the Jets because they were terrible. And he was not a good head coach, in my opinion. He sh- never should have been a head coach of a football team. Um, Brian Flores came into Miami, and he he has a better culture he's building. They're still not a great team, but um, he brought in another dietitian with his staff. That's the You're you're in a day-to-day contract in the NFL. You don't have yeah. job security. So new new staff, new dietitian. They kept me on for the next year to like train him up because he was an NCAA dietitian that they brought with them. Great guy, loved him. I could kind of tell, like I got a raise to train him essentially, but I could tell they brought him in for me to train my replacement. So okay. uh, I, uh, you know, wound up leaving after that season, tried to start my own business. Uh, that's when Adam and I met. Unfortunately, I started my business. I had no traction and then COVID hit. A, a month later and I had not, I had zero clients. I got a few through clubhouse, but ultimately just found it. I'm a very in-person kind of guy more so than I am a social media kind of guy. So, uh, just found it difficult to get launched, to get things going. And, um, my girlfriend got a job here in Virginia working for a really great company, uh, left a company that was, didn't take her mental health seriously. And I, about two weeks later, got a job at my current company, which is called Rebecca Bitzer and Associates. Is I'm a telehealth dietitian, and I work um, any kind of clients, anything from sports to diabetes. But um, it's a really great job. Um, they're actually helping me develop a program that I'm working on. Um, couldn't ask for a better nice. position. I still have a plan to run my own thing at some point, but for the time being, this is where I'm at. So what's our plan with this podcast what's what sort of message do we want to send to people everything's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know i think we're just trying to have fun with it for the most part um but really kind of help people think logically and problem solve as opposed to feel like because just like we talked about earlier we don't like when people sell their opinions as the truth and that's not what we're trying to do either things should be questioned things should be under scrutiny things should be you know dived dove in i never know which one's right into um 
and investigate it. So I think the point of this podcast is to bring things up to be the example, but ultimately over time, the point is to teach people how to objectively look at things and try to take the emotion out of it. Yeah, it won't just be fitness and nutrition, you know, the, a lot of it is also the psychology of how you perceive things as well. There's a huge side of it of there isn't necessarily a good and a bad. And so many people are labeling something as bad so that something can else can sound good. And so we're here to sort of demyth, uh, debunk some of that stuff. And so I think it's so crucial that the episodes that we will be talking on, it's not just hey, this is everything that's right with it. There's, there's going to be two sides to every coin and you'll probably find sometimes me and Blair will disagree. We'll disagree with some of our guests sometimes. But the idea is so that we can throw out all the information so that you're as educated as you can be while still having some fun as well. And we, you know, we like to have a laugh. We're not too serious. You know, we like to swear a bit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah if, we, just... if we get Nate on here, I'm going to disagree with everything he says just because. <laughs> so Nate is hilarious. He's a, an exercise physiologist that we know. Very, very smart. Nate, he works Nate's with a lot of asshole. research. <laughs> but, you know, you've got some great stuff coming up. So I'm looking forward to you meeting some of our guests and just talking more with us. What's our next episode going to be about, Blair? What's, what, what sort of topics are we going to talk about in the first few? Um, so we have, I probably have quite a few. I've even written some down while we were talking today. Um, so I was thinking we would do like an 80, 20 series. You hear, you see that number come up a lot of times. It's 80% nutrition, 20% fitness. It's 80% plants, 20% meat. It's, you know, whatever. So 80% bullshit. Yeah. 20% truth. (laughs) Um, so we'll do an 80, 20, probably on nutrition versus fitness kind of thing and where that came from or what it means and and how to dissect that. Um, training versus working out, which is something I'm a big fan of, uh, discussing, um, success and failure, what separates them, what's the difference between the two and and how to, and then I want to do one on sugar substitutes and I don't mean just artificial Uh sweeteners. I mean, like substituting anything for sugar and essentially why sugar is this, like Adam mentioned a demon or the bad guy, which I don't think it is. It's not. Yeah. Sugar's delicious. (laughs) I just bought like four pumpkin spice bullshits from the store earlier. Like I, I couldn't help myself. I just kept buying pumpkin (laughs) spice shit. Well, there's this, uh, there's this donut place that's just opened here in Manchester in lockdown and it's absolutely blown up. It's called gooey, like G double O E Y. And mm-hmm. the center of the donut is just amazing. And they make only a handful daily. And so if you don't get it, you're late. And so it's 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 pretty damn good. You can't say no to that. Yeah, I'd try it. I'm not a big donut guy. I've tried. I mean, they're good. I don't. I recognize they taste good. Every time I've had a donut, I immediately feel like I have diabetes. It's, I can't. But you know what? That's that's the problem. That's why you'd like this one because I feel the same on some of them. Some of them just make me feel heavy, but then the, this one is just so light and fluffy. You're like, I want another one, but then you know okay. you shouldn't because then you will feel heavy. <laughs> yeah. So they're dangerous, but also good at the same time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but that's for another so episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, this is what to expect. You know, this, we just wanted to get to know you or have you get to know us. Um, we will be posting on, 
um, all the major podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, I think Google does it now too. Yeah. Um, we recorded video, so that'll be on YouTube. Yeah, we'll put um, some content out. Um, Adam on Instagram. What is your Instagram handle? My Instagram is a underscore train coaching. And, and that's also is... my same handle on my clubhouse and oh, I don't tell people on other platforms as well. What's yours, Blair? Uh, my Instagram is Blair.Solberger, which is my name, uh, underscore MS underscore RD. If you just type Blair Soul, I'm sure it'll come up because I don't think there's any other Solbergers in the United States. Um, is that S-O-L or S-O-U-L? Because soul's a big word. S-O-L-B-E-R-G-E-R. It's German. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, so, is, is that your yeah, background, I'm German? A, yeah. Yeah. A uh, little bit. We're, uh, I, I believe we're Jewish. We were... Um, Jewish Germans. <laughs> yeah, which is... A lot of Jews are German. But uh, we don't have any familiar records before like 1918. And we're Swiss German. So I have a feeling that we're like an averse Jew <laughs> leaving Germany. Like it, all right, my grandpa literally just like appeared in Switzerland in 1918 and that's all we have. Um, so Bad boy. I, I have a feeling that, yeah, we were, we were it was probably Solberg. <laughs> we added an extra ER on the end to make it sound a little less Jewish. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, so I, uh, but yeah, so we, um, yeah, we'll have some guests coming up. We will... You know, hopefully see you on social media. Join our clubhouse room. It's the uh, Health and Fitness Professionals Club. Yeah. Um, is that correct? Yeah. And then I'm on Clubhouse too. I don't know what my name is on it, but if you're on Adam's rooms, I'll eventually be in there. We also will be making, if we haven't already by the time this episode is released, we will have an Instagram page called A Healthy Debate. As I remember, it wasn't taken. So by the time you've right. listened to this first episode, you can find that. Yeah, so we uh, got a lot coming up. Excited. I, I used to run a podcast called The Human Element, and it was about nutrition specifically. And I'm really excited about doing this one because I wanted to get back into it. But I feel like having it be about health and not just nutrition really opens the doors for the possibilities of what we can talk about. Let's do this. Nice. See you all later. Bye. A healthy debate runs purely on fat and is completely free of banned substances. This episode was edited by Blair Solberger, so if it sucks, blame him. The next episode will be out in a week wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at A Healthy Debate or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at A Healthy Debate.